The Suite of the Year, Part Three, from the Flowers of Shakespeare. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nima. The Flowers of Shakespeare by Esther Singleton. Daisies pied in violets blue. Daisy, Belice Perennis. Shakespeare often mentions the daisy, with violets blue, lady smocks all silver white, and cuckoo buds of every hue. It paints the meadows with delight, in that delightful spring song, in love's labors lost. Shakespeare also uses this flower as a beautiful comparison for the delicate hand of Lucretia in the rape of Lucretia. Without the bed, her other fair hand was on the green coverlet, whose perfect white showed like an April daisy on the grass. The daisy is among the flowers in the fantastic garlands that poor Ophelia wove before her death. The botanical name Belize shows the origin of the flower. Belitis, a beautiful dryad, trying to escape the pursuit of Vertumnus, god of gardens and orchards, prayed to the gods for help, and they changed her into the tiny flower. In allusion to this, Rapin wrote, When the bright ram, bedecked with stars of gold, displays his fleece the daisy will unfold, to nymphs, a chaplet, and to beds a grace, who once herself had borne a virgin's face. The daisy was under the care of Venus. It has been beloved by English poets ever since Chaucer sang the praises of the day's eye, Daisy. Chaucer tells us, in what is perhaps the most worshipful poem ever addressed to a flower, that he always rose early and went out to the fields or meadows to pay his devotions to this flower of flowers, whose praises he intended to sing while ever his life lasted, and he bemoaned the fact, moreover, that he had not words at his command to do it proper reverence. Next to Chaucer, and paying homage to the daisy, comes Wordworth with his. A nun demure of lowly port, or sprightly maiden of love's court, and thy simplicity the sport of all temptations. Queen and crown of rubies dressed, a starveling in a scanty vest, are all, as seems to suit the best, my appellations. A little cyclops with one eye, staring to threaten and defy, that thought comes next, and instantly the freak is over. The shape will vanish, and behold, a silver shield with boss of gold, that spreads itself some fairy bold, and fight to cover bright flower for by that name at last when all my reveries are past i call thee and to that cleave fast sweet silent creature that breathes with me the sun and air do thou as thou art wont repair my heart with gladness and a share of thy meek nature daisies smell less yet most quaint is a line from the flower song in the Two Noble Kinsmen, written by John Fletcher and Shakespeare. Milton speaks of Meadows trim 
with daisies pied and dryden pays a tribute to which even chaucer would approve and then a band of flutes began to play to which a lady sang a tire lay and still at every close she would repeat the burden of the song the daisy is so sweet the daisy is so sweet when she began the troops of knights and dames continued on the english daisy is the wee modest crimson-tipped flower as burns has described it and must not be confused with the daisy that powders the fields and meadows in our southern states with a snow of white blossoms supported on tall stems this daisy called sometimes the moon daisy chrysanthemum leucanthemum is known in england as the midsummer daisy and oxeye in france it is called marguerite and pacrette being a midsummer flower it is dedicated to saint john the baptist it is also associated with saint margaret and mary magdalene and from the latter it derives the names of maudlin and maudoline as ophelia drowned herself in midsummer the daisies that are described in her wreath are most probably marguerite and not the day's eye of chaucer parkinson does not separate daisies very particularly they are usually called in latin he tells us belitis and in english daisies some of them herba margarita and promula veris as is likely after the italian names of margarita and flor di prima vera gentile the french call them pacrette and marguerite and the fruitful sort are those that have small flowers about the middle one margaritans our english women call them jack and apes on horseback the daisy that an elizabethan poet quaintly describes as a tudor princess resembles the midsummer daisy rather than the wee modest crimson-tipped flower of burns about her neck she wears a rich rut ruff with double sets most brave and broad bespread resembling lovely lawn or cambric stuff pinned up and pricked upon her yellow head also brown in his pastorals seems to be thinking of this flower the daisies scattered on each mead and down a golden tuft within a silver crown violet viola odorata the violet was considered a choice flower of delight in english gardens shakespeare speaks of the violet on many occasions and always with tenderness and deep appreciation of its qualities violets are among the flowers that the frightened proserpine dropped from pluto's ebbing car violets dim and sweeter than the lids of juno's eyes or cytherea's breath thus in shakespeare's opinion the violet outsweetened both juno majestic queen of heaven and venus goddess of love and beauty how could he praise the violet more to throw a perfume on the violet is wasteful and ridiculous excess shakespeare informs us in king john with the utmost delicacy of perfection he describes titania's favorite taunt as a bank where the wild thyme blows where oxlips and the nodding violet grows in truth the tiny flower seems to nod among its leaves shakespeare makes the elegant duke in twelfth night 
who is lounging nonchalantly on his divan, compare the music he hears to the breeze blowing upon a bank of violets. Shelley held the same idea that the delicious perfume of flowers is like the softest melody. The snowdrop and then the violet arose from the ground with warm rain wet, and there was mixed with fresh color scent from the turf like the voice and the instrument and the hyacinth purple and white and blue which flung from its bells a sweet peal anew of music so delicate soft and intense it was felt like an odor within the sense ophelia laments that she has no violets to give to the court ladies and lords for they withered when her father died she tells us shakespeare also associates violets with melancholy occasions. Marina enters in Pericles with a basket of flowers on her arm, saying, The yellows, blues, the purple violets and marigolds shall as a carpet hang upon thy grave while summer days do last. On another occasion, with a broad sweeping gesture, Shakespeare mentions, The violets that strew the green lap of the new-come spring. In Sonnet 99 he writes, The forward violet thus did I chide, Sweet thief, whence didst thou steal The sweet that smells, if not from my love's breath, The purple pride, which on thy soft cheek For complexion dwells, in my love's veins, Thou hast too grossly died. Bacon deemed it most necessary, to know what flowers and plants do best perfume the air. And he thought, that which above all others yields the sweetest smell is the violet, and next to that the musk rose. Perhaps of all Warwickshire flowers, writes a native of Shakespeare's country, none are so plentiful as violets. Our own little churchyard of Whitechurch is sheeted with them. They grow in every hedge-bank until the whole air is filled with their fragrance. The wastes near Stratford are sometimes purple as far as the eyes can see with the flowers of viola canina. Our English violets are twelve in number. The plant is still used in medicine and acquired of late a notoriety as a suggested cancer cure, and in Shakespeare's time was eaten raw with onions and lettuces and also mingled in broth and used to garnish dishes while crystallized violets are not unknown in the present day for the beauty of its form for the depth and richness of its color for the graceful drooping of its stalk and the nodding of its head for its lovely heart-shaped leaf and above all for its delicious perfume the violet is admired then when we gaze into its tiny face and note the delicacy of its veins, which Shakespeare so often mentions, we gain a sense of its deeper beauty and significance. Dr. Forbes Watson observed, I give one instance of nature's care for the look of the stamens and pistils of a flower. In the blossom of the scented violet, the stamens form, by their convergence, a little orange beak. At the end of this beak is the summit of the pistil, a tiny speck of green but barely visible to the naked eye. Yet, small as it is, it completes the color of the flower by softening the orange 
and we can distinctly see that if this mere point were removed there would be imperfection for the want of it saint francis de sales a contemporary of shakespeare gave a lovely description of the flower when he said a true widow is in the church as a march violet shedding around an exquisite perfume by the fragrance of her devotion and always hidden under the ample leaves of her lowliness and by her subdued colouring showing the spirit of her mortification she seeks untrodden and solitary places the violet's qualities of lowliness humility and sweetness have always appealed to poets the violet is also beloved because it is one of the earliest spring flowers violets are like primroses and cowslips the first to rise and smile beneath spring's wakening skies the courier of a band of coming flowers the violet was also an emblem of constancy at the floral games instituted by clemence isard at toulouse in the fourteenth century the prize was a golden violet because the poetess had once sent a violet to her knight as a token of faithfulness with the troubadours the violet was a symbol of constancy in a handful of pleasant delights a popular songbook published in elizabeth's reign in fifteen sixty six there is a poem called a nosegay always sweet for lovers to send tokens of love at new year's tide or for fairings as they in their mind shall be disposed to write this poem contains a verse to the violet violet is for faithfulness which in me shall abide hoping likewise that from your heart you will not let it slide and will continue in the same as you have now begun and then forever to abide then you my heart have won the violet has always held a loved place in the english garden gerard writes quaintly in his herbal the black or purple violets or march violets of the garden have a great prerogative above all others not only because the mind conceiveth a certain pleasure and recreation by smelling and handling of those most odiferous flowers but also for the very many by these violets receive ornament and comely grace for there be made of them garlands for the head nosegays and posies which are delightful to look on and pleasant to smell to speaking nothing of their appropriate virtues yea gardens themselves receive by these the greatest ornament of all chiefest beauty and most gallant grace and the recreation of the mind which is taken thereby cannot but be very good and honest for they admonish and stir up a man to that which is comely and honest for flowers through their beauty variety of colour and exquisite form do bring to a liberal and great mind the remembrance of honesty comeliness and all kinds of virtue proserpine was gathering violets among other flowers in the fields of enna in sicily when pluto carried her off shakespeare touched upon the story most exquisitely through the lips of perdita as quoted above another greek myth accounts for the greek word for the violet which is ion it seems when in order to protect her from the persecutions of juno jove transformed lovely europa into a white heifer whom he named io he caused sweet violets to spring up from the earth wherever the white cow placed her lips 
and from her name Io, the flower acquired the name Ion. The Athenians adored the flower. Tablets were engraved with the word Ion, and set up everywhere in Athens, and of all sobriquets the citizens preferred that of Athenian crowned with violets. The Persians also loved the violet and made a delicious wine from it. A sherbet, flavored with violet blossoms, is served in Persia and Arabia today at feast, and Mohammedans say the excellence of the violet is as the excellence of El Islam above all other religions. End of Daisies Pied and Violets Blue